Welcome to Outwitting the Manipulator, the podcast that gives you powerful techniques to protect yourself as manipulation is taking place. Now here are your hosts, authors, and communication experts, Robin Golinski and Dr. Dennis Becker. I am Dr. Dennis Becker. I hope you please feel comfortable calling me Dennis or something nice. And this is... I'm Robin Golinski. There she is. Yeah. And today on this live stream, thank you for joining us, by the way. So here's our guest for today, Robin. This is Simon. Simon is a marketing professional and he lives in Montreal. And Simon has had some experience with a manipulator. So we invited him to be a guest in our podcast. And really our guests are always just people that we know who've had the experience with manipulation and we bring them on so they can give their own personal insights as to things that they learned, things that they were able to do. And so you're not just hearing from Dennis and I about everything. So welcome, Simon. We're happy to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. Simon, can you tell us a little bit about the kind of work that you do and how long you've been doing that sort of a thing? Sure. So I've been doing digital marketing for a couple of years now, since I graduated college. We do online advertising, e-commerces, lead gen, and recruiting. Hmm. And are you doing this on your own? Are you working with a company and other people? Sure. Yeah, I'm working at a small agency. We are six to eight people, depending on how you count an employee, which I think is hilarious because we all debate about it at the agency So small, that's nice. That's cozy. So I guess the the way you interpret, (laughs) watch how I relate this, Robin. So I guess the way you interpret an employee is a bit of a, you have a reason for doing it, but it's a bit of a manipulation. (laughs) Am I right? No. No. I don't think there's any malice to any of this, right? There's the key. That's the key. Thank you for that. Because that's what we're talking about with manipulation, Simon, just in case you don't know. We're talking about manipulators who do things with a nefarious intent. They don't care whether they hurt other people, but they're bad. They're nasty. And it's all about their own control. So it's not, of course, the way you guys are working out. So, Simon, well, I... Do you care to share who the manipulator was in your life or do you just want to speak generally? No, no, I I can share for the sake of the show here. I was manipulated by my father growing up. And do you remember like how you figured that out? Like how old you were and maybe what happened where you were able to connect those dots or start to, I should say, because it's really a process. Yeah, it was a really long process for me because I think when you're so young, you don't really have any understanding of what's happening. I just remember feeling very frustrated as a kid, as somebody like coming into their teenage years, discussing with my father issues. If I brought up any issues of any kind, the conversation would always turn to me being the issue and not to solving, you know, why I was feeling any of the feelings I was feeling. Oh, so so you were always frustrated, probably. Yeah, yeah exactly. It created a lot of frustration in me growing up. And, and um, did you develop any techniques that I'm sure you tried a lot of things, right? To because I know that you're a very logical person, and I think there there isn't a lot of logic when it comes to that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you like the full frame of reference here. 
So I also have a younger brother. We're very close in age, 18 months apart. And when he was 13, he got severely addicted to weed, hash, and cocaine, which is obviously an issue and so young as well to be doing this every single day, right? And that's bad. One thing that wasn't lacking in our household, which, you know, is a blessing and a curse was money. And Mm -hmm. my father didn't want to deal with this issue. So he would just always look another way and just give, give us money for whatever needs we had and not deal with us, which with, for my, in my brother's case caused big issues as Mm -hmm. this was just enabling him to buy all these drugs and be high 24 seven. And And you watching it, watching your brother's destruction must have been hard for you. Exactly. And we were really close growing up. My brother and I were so close in age. We did everything together, had very similar friend groups because at school I was friends with the older siblings. He was friends with the younger siblings and we all kind of like intermingled. And so at first I really was on my brother's side and was talking to him about it personally. And then clearly he was addicted and he was pushing me away when that was happening, because he didn't want to hear that this is not good. And this is not a positive thing happening for him. He's in the moment, he's enjoying himself, etc. So I tried to go to my dad with this issue, and have him do something about it, take action, right. And then this would always cause this discussion where I would voice that my brother's doing all these things that are negative, and how it's problematic. And he, not wanting to take action, not wanting to be bothered, would tell me that it's not a problem. I'm the problem for voicing that there's an issue as a whole, right? And then telling me, like, that this is all my fault. Like, I did this to my brother somehow. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, I was, like, 14, 15 when this was happening. And I was very frustrated about the situation. You Mm. must have really struggled with trying to make any kind of sense from that. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have like other people's dads that you looked at and thought, well, I mean, sometimes it helps if you can find another example or somebody else to show you a different reality. Yeah. I mean, it was very confusing. I don't think I had any other like friends, parents that I really went to with this. I am close with my mom. My parents are divorced. I'm close with my mom and my mom was very action oriented there. She wanted to change his ways and then he just cut her out completely and then lived full-time at my dad's house and stopped talking to her because he didn't want to be healthy refused any type of action that she would take to try and change his actions and so I think in this toxic relationship that and toxic way that my dad views the world he viewed that as a win over my mom and their unhealthy. Oh you know, my gosh. He it as a yep. win-loss situation and not a, we need to help our son together situation. Oh my gosh. What yeah. kind of a person was he outside of the family? I mean, did he work with, was he recognized in society yeah. and so forth? What kind of a person was he? Or is he, I should say? Yeah. Well, unfortunately on paper, he looks really good. He runs his own company. He mm-hmm. makes really good money. He's, smart he's healthy he's got a good sense of humor he has friends in different circles charming and charismatic oh yeah on paper he's amazing which is Mm -hmm. why he gets away with so much that's right that's right in our society rewards that yeah 
which is why he has money. Our society does reward that, and it's getting worse, not better. But that's a different topic for another so day. We noticed, you, you noticed uh, the things that you're talking about through the early teenage years. Did this continue? And you're well beyond that now. Does it still continue? Or how did you handle it as you did recognize it? Yeah, so this was this continued for 10, 10 years, really, almost. Oh. Right, where... I was living at his house with my brother and frustration grew and he also travels for work. And so he would leave for days at a time. And then I would be home alone with my brother and he'd have huge parties, have his friends around continuously during the week as well. My brother only finished high school, didn't continue school after, doesn't work, only works for my dad's company. So Mm. he's just at home full time partying with his friends. Mm. And so, yeah, it was very irritating and there was no real like resolution there, right? I eventually just moved out and got away from the situation. And that's no longer a relationship that I entertain. And that's how I dealt with it. I think I learned that if somebody doesn't want to change, they're not going to change. I tried so hard for so long, both with my brother and my dad, to the point where it was driving me insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually, yeah. that's exactly what happens. What's the relationship yeah. you have with your brother? And during all of this, what was the relationship with your brother? Yeah, well, we started off really young, very, very close, doing everything together. Um, and then over the years, that's what really pulled us apart is that I had different opinions on his drug use and his future and how he wanted to do things, which mm-hmm. maybe I was a little forceful with my ways and lacked a lot of tact when I was younger on how to try and guide him, et cetera. Like, yeah. absolutely true. But yeah, it, it broke down a relationship and I don't have a relationship with my brother either yeah. at this point. Yeah, that's difficult for anybody. It wasn't just you, Simon, of course. Everybody who has the role of caregiver, so to speak, a person who is interested in helping, it's very difficult to know how to do that when the other party is not receptive or even when they are. But there's a third party, in this case, your father, who has influence over that individual you were in a really difficult situation in those days and you finally apparently decided to get out. Was that when you went away to school? Yeah. So in Montreal, actually like culturally, I think it's different from the States where you don't leave to college. Um, Mm. Montreal has four major colleges that are all reputable in Canada. So really people just stay either stay at their parents and go to college close by in, oh. in the city itself, it's a student city, or oh. they go to, they move into an apartment, but mm-hmm. nobody really leaves the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, that's it was an actually just, yeah, it was just after I started college that I moved down to an apartment. Mm-hmm. So you're still in proximity and it's just, we recommend, and this goes for everyone, we recommend that you get away, right? Because it's mm-hmm. a futile situation and it doesn't get better when you're with a manipulator. But to do that with a parent and a sibling simultaneously mm. takes an enormous amount of mental strength mm-hmm. because so much of society would say, that's your family. Mm-hmm. How can you leave? How can you abandon your family? And how do you, Simon, like personally deal with that? Other people's judgments, just your own, keeping your own mental strength to knowing and maintaining that distance because you know nothing good will come of it. Mm-hmm. How, what do you think about or what do you do to 
to continue keeping your distance. Yeah, that's actually interesting because Montreal is a large city, like two and a half million people. And I think the fact that it is a large city that and there's no sort of like a homeowner association, like small town kind of like points makes it so that people don't really know all of your business as much, right? It's not very neighborhood driven in the same way that mm-hmm. that you could be in like a suburb. So I don't think I really have to deal with people being mm-hmm. in my business or judging me. Well, that's although good. obviously it's, yeah, so that's a positive. Although obviously I do feel like the situation is, is sad, really. Sad mm-hmm. and frustrating. And do you, do you occasionally have guilt about it? Or have you moved through all that? And if so, how? Yeah, I do think I have some guilt regarding how the relationship with my brother devolved. Mm -hmm. How I could have done things differently. Yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I know we all live that dream. What's the relationship you have with these parties now? Let's look at your mother, your brother, and your dad. Hmm. What are the relationships that exist now? I'm really close with my mom still. And uh, it's the only one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. And it's good to focus on the positive as well. Mm-hmm. And your mom, does your mom support your, uh, does she accept, I should say, accept and support you having distance from your brother and your dad? Or does she try to nudge you in their direction? No, she supports me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. So she's been through That's enough of her huge, own. huge, actually. Well, they, they cut her out too, right? So she, yeah. she understands where I'm coming from. Like they pushed her right. away and she was isolated. And now yeah, it's kind of like two yeah. and two. It's a yeah. weird dynamic. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. Genius. But it could, it could still change with your brother at some point. He's young and I'm sure mm-hmm. that if he turned his life around or whatever, you'd be right there as a good brother and connecting with him. But let's face it, your dad, if he's a, a manipulator through and through, that's not going to change. And the most we can possibly do, those of us who are listening or you're related to someone like your mother, your father, your sister, you really, if you're going to have a relationship with them, the relationship has to have strong, strong boundaries mm-hmm. and limits and consequences for when they break the boundaries. So out of seven siblings, none of us speak to my mother, who is a very strong manipulator. So if you read the book, you probably heard some of the backstory. There's one brother who, there's one brother, not two actually, who are on again, off again with her. And what they do is they give her rules, rules that are hard and fast, that if someone on the outside heard, they would say, oh my goodness, that that is just terrible. How can you, how can you be like that? Mm. But those of us on the inside know, yeah, not only do you need to do that, you're being generous with her. So he'll say, you're allowed to come over our house Tuesdays at five o'clock. And you can stay for two hours and then you need to leave. And mm-hmm. she'll start the, oh, I'm in the neighborhood. I'd like to stop by now. I have a present for your daughter. And no, it's not Tuesday at three o'clock or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, oh, and then she'll cry and she'll say, you're being so mean to me. But this, if you know the, the history and the actions of this woman, <laughs> that my brother is actually being quite generous, letting her in his life at all. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, when it comes time to leave, she makes all these, she does all these things. And he says, it's time for you to go. You need to go now. And if you don't leave now, you're not going to be allowed to come back next week. And it can sound absolutely brutal to people who have not had the experience of somebody like that in their life. That's Simon, what I find. Have you tried thing. any of those kind of things, Simon? Is that, has any of that been tried by you or your, well, I guess your mother, but, and has it worked? Not particularly. I think the situation was that my father was the authority figure. He was mm-hmm. the only one who had any control over my brother because he completely depended on my father. He was the mm-hmm. only one who could keep him in check. And, mm-hmm. I, and- I, I tried to change things, but him refusing was the end. I couldn't like set up boundaries around it. Mm-hmm. Right. You were a kid. And that's the other thing. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're a sitting duck. Yeah. Adults have choices. Adults always have choices. Children mm-hmm. never have choices. And the fact that you, in your coming of age years, in which you're trying to figure yourself out, that's a tough age, 13, 14, 15. You don't really know who you are. You got hormones. Your frontal lobe isn't even connected. And you're having to sort out this very confusing divorced parents and a father bailing on your brother who you care about. That's a lot. But as Simon, and I know this about you, it builds a strength and a character in you that's really strong. And because of that experience, I don't think you could ever be a target of manipulation. Neither could I because of the skills that we got from those experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see a manipulator coming from so far away. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, manipulator, <laughs> gee whiz, they're everywhere. So yeah. uh, Simon, if you were recommending to someone who might be in a situation like yours, whether it's a mother or father or a friend or a sibling, what are the signs that uh, you would suggest people watch out for? when they're perhaps in those formative years, especially, what should they be aware of now that you're out of it and you can look back on it and you see it? What do you think is most important for those kind of folks to be aware of? I think people who, you, you know, say what you want to hear and then act only mm-hmm. in their benefit afterwards and just nod their head. Yes. Like say yes to whatever you want to hear in the moment. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just after that, do whatever benefits them most, whatever they wanted at the start and are unwilling to actually back anything up with actions really, except that actions that are beneficial to them is immediately a red flag. Ah, Actions uh-huh. don't align with the words. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's words and there's behaviors. Words are easy. Behaviors are different. And words are very comfortable for manipulators. They can do it and say it and... You just have to look at the behaviors and you sadly, I guess, have seen enough of the behaviors that you know that those words were empty words and the behaviors are just not held up. And so you've been able to develop and protect yourself because you know that. And if I understand correctly, you're giving that advice to young people everywhere, everybody, but particularly the young people. Don't just listen to the words. Look at the behavior. Make judgments about the behaviors that you see. That will give you a, a, a much greater sense of preparation and self-protection. Did I did I say that correctly? Is that all right, uh, Simon? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, that and also people who always view things as a, like, they have to win situation. Even things that are not 
oh, win or lose, like earlier you guys were talking about suits, like a court case, you win or lose a court case, right? Fair enough, that's a win or lose thing. But if every interaction is like you're winning something over somebody else and that's your goal, yes, super problematic. Win-lose mindset all day long. They keep score too. And they, they are very vindictive if they lose. Simon, I think you have to pat yourself on the back because it requires, what Dennis talked about personality, whatever personality you were born with is very different than your brother's because it could have been very easy for you to just avoid the emotional pain and suffering by dabbling in narcotics or alcohol. And you did not, you went in a different path and, mm-hmm. and it's really commendable because it's not easy. It's not easy with all of that pulling and tugging on you. Mm -hmm. And you are so right about the money. I mean, a manipulator with money is Mm. got so much more power Mm -hmm. and they use their money. And that's another thing some of you may Mm -hmm. want to think about. Are you in a family where the money is being used as a control, which Mm -hmm. we can talk about in another episode, but I want to just really pat you on the back, Simon, Mm -hmm. because Man, it isn't easy to do that as a teenager and suffer what you suffered. And it makes you wise beyond your years, my dear. And it's not easy to come on on a show like this and talk about it. But it really helps people. It's very helpful. So the actual fear of speaking can can prevent somebody from doing it. So you've conquered that enough. Yeah, we had a guest bail. We had a guest bail. Just the fear of speaking was just too much. So your ability to come on and to share this with folks is going to be very helpful to a lot of people. So we really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Simon, for coming on and sharing these things with us. We appreciate it. And every one of our listeners appreciates it. And I know you helped a lot of people, Simon, because it's good to hear from males and not just females when it comes to manipulation. All right. Well, that's it, folks. We're about up to time with all of this program today. So, Dennis, you do have you do have one question here if you'd like to field it. Oh, yes. I saw that. So that's this is from Dr. Ian Turnipseed. I don't know if that's a alias or not, but pen name, perhaps. Question is simply, can you can you define compliance for me? Robin, that's a question for you. You like the word compliance. I know you do. Go ahead. I actually hate the word compliance. I like to talk about compliance, but I never do it myself (laughs) to a fault. Uh, Compliance is when you you are compliant with what the manipulator is trying to do to you. So you're actually making it easy for them because they put you in a situation where you can't win. In other words, you're in an office meeting and they put you on the spot. And because you don't want to be embarrassed, you cave or you fold or you acquiesce to whatever they're trying to say. And you figure I just, it, it's just too much in the moment. I, I, I don't want to make waves. I don't want to make a scene. And then they know they've got you and they know that they're going to continue to test for your, well, a good example. I'll give you a physical example. A guy in a bar who, who accidentally brushes a woman's thigh. That's a test for compliance. Does mm-hmm. she yell? Does she push his hand away? Or does she just turn a little bit pink and, and still stays in the same place? Ah, now I know I can go a little further the next time, a little further. Sorry to be so graphic with you, but I know this example you won't forget. And there are a lot of examples like that, Robin, and compliance can, can come in many forms, physical like that. It may come in uh, an, an audio encounter. Uh, Simon, for example, has decided not to be compliant. How do we know that? Because he's here talking about it. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that you can do to prevent compliance in your world. Simply stand up for yourself. 
Say what you think. Say what you're feeling. It's not easy, but it's necessary. It's it's not easy. No, Robin, it's not. We can train you how to do it. No. That's what we do. But that's the the key. You get the skill. You are not alone with this. We, We can help you. And we will help you in real time as it's happening. So sign up for the workshop, read the book, visit with us at, the, at, the, at these sessions every, every time you have the opportunity. We're here for you, just as we have been for Simon. So Simon, again, we want to thank you very much for, for coming in today and talking with us. And good luck. Continue to not be compliant. Stand up for yourself. You're doing the right thing, my friend. And you're doing the right thing, listeners out there who've tuned in today, because this is something that we're here to do for you and with you every single time we're here. We're here to help you prevent yourself from being a target or a victim of manipulation. You don't have to be. You don't have to be compliant. Stand up for yourself. Be who you are. Thank you for being with us today. And so on behalf of our guest, Simon, and uh, my colleague, Robin Galinsky, and of course, producer Dave, we want to thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for being with us. Bye for now. Thank you for being with us today on today's episode of Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time. Robin and Dennis are seasoned communication experts, not medical or therapeutic professionals. The thoughts and opinions expressed are their own. If you, loved one, or a friend are in an abusive or controlling relationship, you will find additional resources in the show notes for today's episode. Their book, Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time, is available on Amazon and Kindle. We invite you to be with us again next time. Robin and Dennis will discuss ways of outwitting the manipulator, protecting yourself in real time.